Welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Mohegan Lake, New York. My name is Keith Farrell. I'm joined, as always, by the number one high school football coach in the nation today, my cousin, Samuel Hare. Sammy, welcome to the show. Jed Nation, what's going on, everybody? And if you're watching on YouTube, you see him down there in the bottom with the amazing artwork behind him, which he did himself. Because Wookie is multi-talented, renaissance man here. Wookie, don't be shy, Wookie. You can let him know how talented you are. Wookie, it's all good. Number one tight end in the history of Marist Red Red Fox football, the big Wookie, Nick Kronk. Wook, what's going on? What is going on, everybody? Good to be here. You notice by his absence right now, no Michael Lagaris today. Mike's doing big things. Mike is not able to get to the show today, guys. He didn't want to commit and have to bail halfway through, okay? He didn't want to do that. He didn't want to bring you guys a half-assed product. All right. And he said not to wait around for him because the next couple days are going to be really busy for Mike. So we're just going to get to it, guys, because we got to talk about Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers kind of a little bit seeming like they're kind of giving in on some of these Jets demands here. We're going to talk about Odell Beckham meeting with the New York Jets. We're talking about Woody Johnson and his opinion on Odell Beckham. And we're also going to get into a little Jamal Adams talk, guys. Got to talk Jamal Adams. Some fun questions posed to Pete Carroll at a press conference. Sammy, you sent me that link. That was hysterical. I ended up going to read the whole article. We'll get into that momentarily, too. And also, we'll talk a little bit of Lamar Jackson. I want to hear what you guys got to say kind of about his most recent Twitter comments, how he's going about his free agency here the past week or two, which has been very interesting. But before we do that, let's talk Aaron Rodgers, guys. You heard the last couple days, all of a sudden, leaking out. You saw Florio go on Pat McAfee's show. And saying the Jets and the Packers are getting closer, which as a Jet fan, of course, is what you want to hear. There are a lot of positive comments coming out of Woody Johnson's mouth as well. It seems like we're trending in the direction, obviously, of Aaron Rodgers becoming a New York Jet. It's just a matter of time now. But the Packers, according to Florio, were asking for the number 13 pick. Now, the Wookiee, Sammy, Mike, me, everyone said that seems a little steep at this point for Rodgers. Just considering, guys, we don't know if he's going to play after this year. You would think he would, right? I know he likes to be dramatic, but you don't know if he's going to play. So considering that, it's hard to really give that first pick up for someone that might only play here for one year for the Jets. And what you heard now is maybe a couple twos, maybe another second next year. What did you guys think when you heard that? Do you think that that is always the realistic? And guys, let me throw this at you. The compensation now that's being talked about is a second this year and a second next year. And then worked into that deal would be a conditional pick for the Jets just in case Rodgers does retire after one season. So with that being said, guys, let me ask you first, Sammy. Do you think that's kind of more in line with what the correct compensation is for Rodgers right now? A couple seconds, one this year, one next year. I know it's steep, it's seconds, but not a first. And then maybe they get something as insurance back from the Packers um, in that deal as well. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's the most realistic scenario. It's like when you go for a job interview and you're like, I want this amount of money. And they're like, we're not going to give you that. We'll give you this. And you're like, well, I had to try, right? Like the Green Bay Packers had to ask for it. They had to try. Um, from what I've seen, a lot of the holdup is that conditional pick that the Jets will get back. So it looks like realistically they want two seconds and maybe Corey Davis. And then we'll get back Rodgers in a conditional third. Pending he plays that second year, maybe that turns into a second. Um, but I think that's the most realistic scenario. Like, I think you're giving up good value. You have those two picks back-to-back this year, so you're not really losing much in the way of that second-round pick this year because you still have either right after it or right before where you would be anyway. So I think that's a really good call, especially on Joe Douglas. I do want to talk about the owners' meeting where they asked the GM of the Packers, and he was like, we want to get this done pre-draft, everything after the draft changes this whole trade. And Salah and Joe Douglas are like, we're good. Like, yeah. we'll wait until training camp. We'll, he knows the OC. He knows the system. Yeah. He's got his boy Lazard. Yeah. We're good on waiting. Um, and I love that cold negotiating tactic too. So I'm a big fan of like the way that this is playing out. Yeah. It's looking like it's going in the Jets' favor. And I love that uh, Salah and Douglas are staying strong and being kind of funny about it too. Yeah, no, I love that as well, Sammy. That was a good look by both of them. Let me ask you a question, Wook. Considering the fact that the Packers have publicly already moved on from Aaron Rodgers, which just, if you're trying to negotiate, I mean, you moved on from him. You already went out in public and moved on from him publicly. Don't you think it's kind of silly that they've been trying to be, and according to Mike Fleur, at least kind of unreasonable, not trying to budge on a first-round pick? And I understand, you know, Aaron Rodgers is going to cost the Jets, but when you publicly move on from a quarterback and then try to hold the team up, you're trying to trade him to. When it's the only team possible to trade him to, not really the best negotiation spot to be in for the Packers, I'll look. No, it's not something that uh, you're not coming. You're not operating from a, a strength at that point. Um, obviously, when you let everybody and their mother know that you're moving, you, you'd like to move on from Aaron Rodgers. Jordan loves the guy. We want to get him in here. You know, we got a lot of young receiving talent. Blah 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 blah. That's not a. It's not a strength of negotiation once that's already out there. Now, I don't blame the Packers for trying to get uh, thirteen. Yeah. Like Sammy said, even though that they already said we're moving on from uh, AA Ron, I mean, you still got to be like, all right, I want 13 and whatever up. So I don't blame them for that, but it's just a little odd that you literally, like you said, Keith, you made it known we're moving. We'd like to move on from Aaron at this point. And now you're trying to play hardball with pretty much the only team yeah. that's going to be involved in trying to trade for him. Um, but again, it's it's just the pomp and circumstance of trading. You yeah. you set the bar high. We come in with what we think is uh, rational for us. Yeah. We try to meet somewhere in the middle. And like Sammy said, it's probably hung up on the conditional uh, third that you guys are going to get back. And um, I mean, even if uh, even if he plays for one year and bounces, you got a third. But if he stays longer, hey, that turns into a second. Yeah. Which, as a lot of us think in fantasy terms, because we're so deep in the SCFL world of dynasty that you know seconds you know come and go they're still important but yes, in sir. the nfl seconds are depending on where the seconds is seconds thirds and fourths are I mean, you could find legitimate talent Absolutely. in those in those rounds so i don't blame them for trying to go for 13 but i also the jets are right we don't have to do shit right now besides sit and wait for you to even come down further because nobody else is trying to get 
Aaron Rodgers, and you already told everybody we're pretty much we're looking to move on for him. So yeah. I think the Jets are in a good situation. I think it's only a matter of time, and uh, yeah, it'll be fun <laughs> to see once he once he jumps the board because your defense is sick, and the offense has a lot of talent as well. And as we've mentioned multiple times on on on, on previous podcasts here, uh, if the Jets have a decent starting quarterback for the majority of any season last year, this. They're going to be markedly better. They're going to be a playoff team. They're going to be a playoff contender perennially. Um, so I think it's a I good like move. It, I think it's a good move. I like it, Wook. I like where your head's at. Wook, you're coming with the fucking fire right now, which I appreciate. Hey. And you know what else, Wook, is when you talked about that conditional pick, and Sammy mentioned it as well, I'm pretty sure, and guys, forgive me right now. I think Florida might have said that, but I know I saw a report. I'm pretty sure that kind of is the hang-up right now. I think they kind of moved on from that first-round pick thought process on um, the GM of the Packers. I think his name is Goonkeist or something like that. Some type of a guy like sounds like he's from Wisconsin is is the GM of um is the GM of the Packers right now. And I know that when it comes to these rookies guys, those picks do mean a lot. I mean, rookies is, is your first crack at the newest talent entering the league and your opportunity to control them contractually, usually for at least three years or four years, right? Guys at a really good price. So whether it's second, third round, fourth round, like the book said, I mean, that it means so much to your team to get those right and to keep those picks. And I think the Jets moving Elijah Moore, which I know some people weren't happy with. I thought maybe they could have got back a little more considering they gave that third up as well. But moving Elijah Moore to put themselves in a spot where, look, if, if they do trade a second this year, if it's the 42nd or the 43rd, they'll still have a first round and a second round. Maybe they can still take Paris Campbell or um, our boy from uh, Ohio State, the tackle from Ohio State, um, and have a beast there and grab another guy in the second round that would help Aaron Rodgers out. So I think the Jets put themselves in a good spot. Things are moving along here with Rodgers, which you want here. Another quarterback that's in the news, guys. And we're going to get into Odell and the big hug with Salah in the meeting with the Jets, guys. We're talking a little smack on Jamal Adams, too, here before we get out of here. But Lamar Jackson, I really want to hear what you got to say, Sam, because we haven't spoken about this at all. Um, we've spoken about Lamar Jackson, don't get me wrong. I know your opinion on him and how high you are in Lamar Jackson, as you should be. Only 26 years old and as talented as he is. But when it comes to just maybe the last 10 days, the last two weeks of his negotiation tactics, I guess you can call them because he's representing himself along with his mom. Um, basically, it's reported he was negotiating up until the end of last week with the Ravens, Sammy. And then within a few days, goes public saying he wants to trade. I mean... He also went on today, and we'll get to some of his comments today, some of his Twitter comments about him being injury-prone and this and that. But just the way he's handling Sammy, it seems like, and we've said this, I don't mean to beat a dead horse, it'd really be valuable to have an agent right now as that buffer to talk to teams, take some of those slings and arrows, when people are talking about you being injury-prone, this and that. That's what the agent's there for, and it does seem like Lamar's being a little emotional, jumping on Twitter. And you know his agent, if he had one, wouldn't be doing that. You know, like, if, if he had an agent working for him, Sammy, behind the scenes, he wouldn't be running the Twitter putting Lamar's business out there or defending him that way because it's unprofessional, but he's the player defending himself. It's just a bad look and maybe one of the reasons why you hear not a lot of teams have really contacted him to bring him in. Yeah, I mean, it's like the first rule of business, right? You can't be emotionally attached to it because then you just start dumping money in something that's failing and you can't get out, right? Like, this poor guy, I mean... I get what he's trying to do. It's sort of like he's trying to take that basketball model of some of these bigger, talented guys, being able to control the personnel decisions, the contract decisions, take like ownership role almost, like as this sort of, like almost like what Dak Prescott did a few years ago with the Cowboys, right? He's like trying to put himself in that same position, um, but he doesn't have a team. 
So he can't put himself there. So he's yes. put the car before the horse, and he's basically like, I'm in charge. And you're like, you're not even – you're not on the Ravens. You just demand a trade. You don't have a team. You can't, you're not in charge of anything. Um, I don't know. It's weird because, like, he's a, such a talented athlete, and I think at minimum he's got, like, a solid four or five years in there where he can operate at, like, this insane level. Um, yeah. But, like, when you're, when you're a team and you're looking at building your – franchise you're looking to put in a leader in that position like is that really after what you've seen over the past two two weeks something that you want to kind of bring into your program and condone and then you know you're going to have to give him a certain amount of control because of what he's already sort of paid for himself in his weird agent player universe so like he's going to demand certain things that i don't know if a lot of teams are going to be able to meet um it's a really interesting i don't think we've ever seen a free agent player in the nfl do this kind or, of or let me say and i'm let me throw this to you Wilk. has there ever been and i'll get back into lamar and some of his statements in a minute there a guy who's 26 years old who's has been as good as he has been especially the 2019 2020 seasons they're not available for teams to bring to your squad at this age after just that first contract and you can bring them to your team why do you think it is Wookie, that you hear that no one's really calling for Lamar, and it, it looks more and more likely that he might end up playing back for the Ravens on that franchise tag. Well, I think it has a lot to do with owners digging their heels in the sand, saying just because Cleveland did something dumb mm. and guaranteed that much money to a quarterback mm-hmm. doesn't mean we have to do that. Now, I'm not saying that um, that he that Lamar is not a an amazing talent that any team should want on their squad. But at some point, I mean, it comes down to money. We all know the NFL is money. So if owners are like, all right, I I, I would love to be a fly on the wall or be a phone tap on some of these conversations with these owners that talk to Cleveland. Like, what what do you guys, what what did you just do? Like, do you understand the position you're putting the rest of the league in at this point? Because nobody, I'm not knocking Lamar for asking for what he's asking. Like, I get that. It's the bar has been set. The precedent's been set. No off, no off-field issues like with Watson and Cleveland. They still guaranteed him that ridiculous amount of money. Yeah, but it doesn't mean to me that owners automatically have to just bend over and be like, "All right, you know what? Yeah, they did something dumb, so now we have to do something dumb." And if Lamar's being a rational person, I get being a fan, being a player. If you're being a rational person, Lamar, that was a dumb move by Cleveland. Okay, they set a bar. Nobody's blaming you or knocking you for trying to get that or more. But at some point, you have to understand that it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. There's not going to be a lot of teams, especially because you had some knee injury last year that by by all accounts, you could you probably could have been playing in the playoffs for your team. And you didn't. And now all these tweets come out and you're not making yourself you're not making the case stronger for you at this point, in my opinion. Again, not knocking you for trying to get what you want, what you think you're you're, you're worth, but you know, and, and you come out with the same generic line. I got to do what's best for me and my family, bro. The, the the contract you signed, or the one thirty three or two hundred that you that you denied or you, you you turned down, your family is going to be good forever, bro. Let's not go there. Yeah. If you would have said, hey, look, yeah, I'm doing what I'm doing what I think that I am worth. I would have been all right. Cool. At least you're honest about it. Yeah. I mean, that is funny. Are good. That is funny when you hear that. Like, 
I know what the sentiment's supposed to mean. Exactly. Right? But when you say it in a, and you're talking about people that are talking about in the hundreds of millions of dollar range and you turn down a contract, I think it was 133 was guaranteed, you could have made 200 million total on those contracts over I think three or four years. And you talk about not being able to feed your family. I'm pretty sure you could feed maybe next 25 generations of the Jacksons. generations of your family. You know, so, yeah, exactly. Like, let's 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 come on. Let's just yeah. take it down. And you know what, guys? And I'm going to give you an example. So the last year he missed five regular season games. He missed that playoff game. And we could say whatever we want about the injuries and him not playing. Uh, he had some he had some tweets today. What were the tweets, guys? I got them right here. Um, one of the tweets was, and then people being critical of his of his injury was, "Let's get real. I'd rather have 100% PCL." Then go out there and play horrible, forcing myself to put my guys in a bad situation. Now that's selfish to me. So I, I think what he's trying to say is if if I go out there and I'm not a hundred hundred percent, then I'm putting my team in a bad spot. Guys, Lamar Jackson at fifty percent is better than Tyler Huntley at a hundred percent. So it's a little short sighted when it comes to that. I know what he's trying to say, but it's just a little silly. It's a little silly, you know. And he talked about the first twelve games of the year. He said, "I don't remember me sitting out." Um, week one through week 12, how how come all of a sudden when I sit out in the playoffs, do people act like um, I could have played? I mean, he's not helping himself in these scenarios, but I want to give you guys an example. So he misses the last 34 games the Ravens have played. Lamar Jackson only played 24 of them, right? The past two seasons, we know they made the playoffs last year, year before they didn't make the playoffs. So he hasn't played a playoff game since 2020. Lamar Jackson, guys. And now when they're sitting at the negotiation table with Jackson, and I'm going to give you guys an example, ABG listeners, Wookie, Sammy, if you're Lamar Jackson and you're sitting out there with the Ravens and they're talking to you, and I did this today, I looked and I I, I brought the stacks up, okay? Now, the last, the, the 2019, 2020, when he was that elite best quarterback in the league, guys, he had 62 passing touchdowns those two years, only 12 interceptions. QB rating was a 106. He also ran for 2,200 yards, another 14 TDs. So in 2019 and 2020, Lamar had 74 total touchdowns. That's bonkers. Insane money, right? If he's coming off that right now, coming into this negotiation, things might look a little bit different. But 2021-22, guys, those two years combined, 33 touchdowns. He had 20 interceptions. The QB rating's an 89. He only ran for the 1,500. Now, I know he didn't play in as many games. Don't get me wrong. But only 38 total touchdowns. So when you're negotiating and the Ravens sit down, what they say is, look, the past two years you haven't played. Look at the production. Your QB rating was a 106. The past two years is an 89. You had 62 passing touchdowns. The past two years you've only had 33. Your interceptions went up from 12 to 20 the past two years, but you played less games. And you're Lamar and you're hearing this. As you're sitting there, you're hearing this. You know, rushing attempts has gone down for Lamar in the last couple of years, which is probably good. But the passing yards per game, guys, it was 240 in 2021. It was 186 last year. And then if they say, for instance, Lamar came back at them and said, look, guys, I haven't played as much. Um, if you start getting into the quarterbacks in the playoffs, Lamar's only one in three in the playoffs, guys. Only one in three. He's only played in the four playoff games. Like I said, he hasn't played there in two years. Um, if you look, and I'm going to ask you guys a question real quick, a little quiz for the two of you. Let me ask you, if I asked you guys who in the NFL right now you think has the m- current quarterbacks, guys playing right now, guys, who has the most playoff wins of anybody in the NFL for current quarterbacks, who would you say? Who do you think, Wookie? That's a tough one. Uh, uh, you know, it's not current, Lamar Jackson, but I have a point. Right. Current quarterbacks playing in the NFL that have the most uh, postseason wins. Is that That's the question? Yep. 
Oh God! Uh, Got to be Patty. Is it? Is it, 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 it I, 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 that's what I was gonna think, right? It would have to be. It's a tie it's between. Not. It's tie between Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers, who's played twenty-one seasons. Jesus. Okay. Now, when you so you're looking at Patrick Mahomes, guys, has already played in fourteen playoff games. He's eleven and three. Aaron Rodgers is eleven and ten over those twenty-one. Um, if you guys are wondering, in the NFL right now, number three, Russell Wilson's nine and seven. Joe Burrow, five and two. Okay, so I have a point here. Now, Lamar Jackson's playoff record right now is one and three. He's one and three. If you guys go look, uh, those playoff games, the one versus the Chargers, I mean, was his first one was an absolute disaster. I think it was 48% completion percentage that game. All right, now his next game he plays versus Tennessee. Uh, they lost the game. So it might not matter, but he played really good in that game. Threw for, I think, 365 yards, ran for like a buck 50. But the next two games after that, guys, versus Tennessee the following year in a win. Um, no touchdowns, interception in that game the following week. They lose the Buffalo 17-3, to if you remember. And Jackson just played horrible. So only four playoff games for him in his short career. I mean, it just seems like if you're Jackson, those are the type of things, the negative things people are going to be coming at you with. I say the Ravens are going to be coming at you with because you look at the contract Mahomes has and they're going to justify it with, well, look what Mahomes has done in his career and in the playoffs. And he can't really hold a camera. It's the same money. Um, and Mahomes is more of a pocket quarterback, as we know. Lamar Jackson probably has a lot more risk um, when it comes to the way he plays. So interesting to see how that plays out, guys. I'm, like I said, I don't think he's helping himself at all when it comes to the tweets and things like that. I think an agent's really valuable just in the sense that all that negativity they're going to hear that from the Ravens, but then when they go talk to Lamar, everything I just said, guys, the stats, two years, the past years, when they talk, to, when he talks to Lamar, he's not going to tell him that. An agent? He wouldn't say that. He's like, look, this is what they think. And he's going to kind of sugarcoat it, right? And that's how things get done. If you're a younger person nowadays and you have big emotions and you're sitting across from the Ravens who are counter-negotiating you and they have to bring up these points against you, it just seems like not the best scenario in the world. You know what I'm saying, guys? Um, when we're getting yeah, negotiated. So what you're basically saying too is that Mark Sanchez has a better playoff record than Lamar Jackson. Oh yeah, Mark Sanchez coming in. I think Mark Sanchez. <laughs> what was he? I think Mark Sanchez was four and two. Four Guys, and, two. and Josh <laughs> Allen's coming in right now at four and four. Nick Foles four and two. Jimmy Garoppolo four and two. Brock Purdy two and one. Already up there on the list, guys. Purdy, I'm not your boy. Whoop. Keep on the IR. Um, yeah, I mean, it's hard. It's hard to get those playoff wins. I know it's difficult. Um, and I'm not saying Lamar can't have tons of, tons of success in the future, but I think it's funny. A lot of people have a lot of, and Wookie, you'll appreciate this. A lot of people have a lot of criticism for say a quarterback like Kirk Cousins, because it is playoff record. If you look at some right. of his game, if you look at some of his game logs, he actually played pretty well in mostly all his playoff games. But some of those circumstances are outside of your control. But then you look at Lamar Jackson. I think they have almost the same exact record. Lamar's one and three. Play like garbage in three of the games. He doesn't really get criticized for his play performance as of yet, at least that I know of. But guys, let's yeah, get Baltimore into has Baltimore has legitimate gripes, and you presented him right there, Keith. I mean, that that everything you said is facts right there. Yeah, he's been great for two seasons, but this is also on his resume. So I mean, it makes it it makes it a little muddy. It definitely does. Yeah, playoff games, three touchdowns, five interceptions for Lamar Jackson in his career, guys. And his QB rating in the playoffs is a 68 through four games right now. So those are the type of things that they're going to bring up when they talk to him, guys. Let's get into someone else that maybe had a little bit of negativity on the field, off the field, very up and down, roller coaster of a career. That's Odell Beckham. 
I know you guys saw him hugging it out with Robert Sala. I know you guys saw him hugging it out with our boy, the Mountain, Joe Douglas. You know, Woody Johnson with some cornball comments, which we'll get to momentarily. But Odell Beckham to the Jets seems like it's becoming more and more of a reality. I do think, and I wish Mike was here because Mike, Mike is the one that brought this up to me, and he's correct. I do think, guys, Corey Davis and his ten million bucks. When we make this trade with the Packers, considering how the depth and wide receiver for the Packers right now, they have nobody. I mean, they're just, they're atrocious right now at wide receiver. Corey Davis would probably be their best receiver on their team right now if he's healthy. Um, I don't know if there's any really any argument about that. But I think Corey Davis goes, his contract goes. I don't think Odell Beckham's going to get $10 million from the Jets, but they do have to clear a little bit of money. But I do think that, that he's going to be a Jet. At least it seems like that. I know he met with the Ravens today. I'm going to get into Odell and some of his numbers um, and all that type of stuff. But when it comes to everything going on with the Jets and getting everything in place for Rodgers, I do think we're, we're putting our best foot forward here. Um, financially, Joe Douglas, Robert Ross saying all the right things. As you guys see their press conference, all the right things. The one guy in the mix, though. The one, there's always just the one big nerd. The one big nerd in the room. I don't know if any of you guys have really rich friends. Um, what did I say? Running out of time? 10 minutes. Oh, we got 10 minutes, though. Oh, we're going to be able to finish the show, I think. Hold on. Okay, here we go. Here we go, guys. Ready? Cool. I don't know if any of you guys have really rich friends, and since they don't live in the normal circle of reality like the rest of you, sometimes they make comments and none of you guys get. Woody Johnson, and this might be me, you know, maybe this is me just looking too deep into something, but Mike said the same thing, so I don't feel like I'm too crazy. I think Sammy might agree with me when I'm going to say this. Woody Johnson was quoted as saying, looking, you probably didn't hear this, that he's surprised that someone of his caliber on the field and off the field would consider coming to the Jets. That's what he said, look. Now, Jeff fans, look, you might be like, Keith, who cares, man? Just a billionaire making a stupid comment. But you just, you own the Jets, right? And you make a comment as if the Jets are beneath Odell Beckham, who since 2016, what has he done in the NFL? I'm not saying he can't help the Jets. Of course he can. I think a healthy Odell Beckham can definitely help the team. I'm not being silly. I'm just saying... This isn't, we're not talking to him in free agency coming off those first three years when he had 4,000 yards, guys. And I think Wookie threw 25 games right, he had the most yards ever. This isn't that Odell Beckham. Right. And yet we have our coach, Wookie, talking about him like he's Jerry Rice. Is that not, am I not allowed to feel a little embarrassed by that type of cornball comment? No, of course not. Like, what is Woody thinking? Like, again, it goes to what you said to, to, to open up that, that whole little segment there. Do any of you have really rich friends? Because a lot of rich people seem to be just in their own world, their own bubble. They're doing rich things. They've got yachts and whatnot, which didn't work out for Odell in New York uh, originally <laughs> with all those Timberland shirt, you know, shirtless photos. Yeah. I don't understand all that. But, I mean, you got an opportunity to get this guy. It looks like the meetings went great. He's, he, you know, he's, he's, he's bro-hugging. Yep. Sala, Joe D, everything looks like it's good. And you come out and you're like, yeah, uh, you know what? I, I, I wasn't, I, I'm a little shocked that uh, a guy of his uh, level would want to play for us. What the fuck are you that's talking what, about? That's like, what You're are the you owner doing? of the team. Yeah, like, I, I, mean, I understand trying to be humble at times and be like, okay, it'd be nice if we can get a talent like Odell uh, over to New York. It'd be great. But you don't sell yeah. the team short and say, I'm surprised a player of his magnitude was considering coming here that does that's just like that's sloppy or say he said that same exact thing but he said it about aaron Rodgers. i would still think he's a cornball and stupid to make the jets look bad just like you just said looking like i said but we'd all go 
All right. Well, yeah, it's Aaron Rodgers. You know, we don't. We might. We might get it in that case. But in Odell Beckham's case, I just, I just don't get that comment. Uh, Sammy, what do you think about it? It's, it's not like it's like Randy Moss when he went to the Patriots like later in his yeah, career. Exactly, like, oh, exactly. shit, like Randy Moss is going, or like when To went to the Eagles, and you're like, oh, okay, like Donovan McNabb and To, they're gonna. Like, That's it's a great like, example. Really, like compared to those two guys who, towards the later part of their career, went to these like teams and still crushed it at a high level. Like he's not even comparable to guys no. like that. So to go out and say something, and those are in recent memory for most Jet fans. We remember Randy Moss. We remember that season. Giant fans especially yeah. that season, right? So, like, it's not even close or comparable to say that. And secondly, like, I, in terms of the signing, I agree. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we get Rodgers and then an hour later, Odell Beckham signs. Like, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if that's how it works. Where it's that's like, how the dominoes drop. Rodgers and we're like, yo, we got him. And he's like, cool, I'll take six mil. Like, I'm coming. You know, because you can't, like you said, Keith, you can't really justify paying your third best wide receiver $11 million. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, Garrett Wilson's our number one. Alan Lazard, probably, probably our, by default, you look at the contract, especially, isn't our number two, right, guys? We have Hardman there now. If they bring Beckham, that's a fourth receiver. He's a, He'll be above Hardman in the rotation, but... Um, I agree with I agree with everything you said, said uh, Sammy and Book. I think when you look at Odell Beckham's career, I mean, those first three years were absolutely ridiculous. He made the great catch. He has the 4,000 yards. I mean, I don't think he could have possibly played better. I don't know if you remember this, Wookie, going back to when he wanted out with the Giants and was making all this noise. I said to you on our chat with our friends, he'll probably never have seasons. Because remember, he and in 2017, he only had 300 yards because he got hurt. And, right. then he, um, and that was before they traded him to the Browns. So I said after his first four years, going into this first year with Baker Mayfield, he'll probably never have seasons like he just had with Eli. Yep. Like, he doesn't know how good he has. And that's how I viewed it then. That ended up being right because 2017, his last year with the G-Men, only the 300 yards. The next two years with the Browns, barely over 1,000 for Odell. Um, six touchdowns, four touchdowns. In the past years, we know he's had a lot of injuries, guys, and been banged up. One injury um, with the knee, I know with the Browns, had to do with a really bad surgery there, but he had, you know, 4,000 yards the first three seasons of his career, guys, and then 3,300 yards the next five seasons. So I want Odell to be on the team, and I think he can help. But let's relax, Woody Johnson acting like you're like, like Sammy said, like you're getting Terrell Owens back in the day. That is not what the case is. Um, one more thing before we get out of here, guys. Not, not to really, you know, we don't want to go into negativity on the show. You know how we are. Unless we're talking about the Hill people or we're talking about Josh Allen specifically. Um, we don't really like to be negative on the show, but Jamal Adams, man. I mean, how interesting is it that Pete Carroll had to be asked, Sammy, you sent me a link today. Kudos to Sammy, who found this on ESPN.com. Um, and the article was about, I forget the name of the author. I usually give a shout out. Just Google it up, Jeff fans. I apologize. It was about Pete Carroll being fielding questions from the reporters in Seattle, Sammy, in regards to Jamal Adams, if he's a cut candidate or not, considering they signed Julian Love, they have Diggs back there, they're already talking to safeties too, the reports are, in the draft! So his days might be numbered. What do you think about that, Sammy? Uh, well, shout out, it was Brady Henderson. So shout go. out to Brady. Thank you, Sammy. The dopest headline that I read in weeks. Uh, Seahawks Pete Carroll quashes talk of Jamal Adams' demise. Love it. Demise. I love it. I mean, the guy gave us so much value, probably, and I would argue, one of the greatest traits of all time. AVT and Garrett Wilson. And Garrett Wilson. Yeah, our I Jets. Think, and if that. their career yeah. trajectory continues, it will be the single greatest trade I know in Jets history, but arguably of all time. Yep. Like highway robbery for this <laughs> 
I love every minute of it. He's been quiet on social media. He's been almost, I think, booking his tickets to Huevos, right? Just to yeah. be gone away wow. from the- Wow. I don't, I don't know if this man can survive the onslaught. He has lost a step. We've talked about it on this podcast. You and Mike talk about it all the time. You can't be a safety in this league and not at least be serviceable in coverage. You have to be. Yeah. No, he hasn't ever been able to do that. And, yo, he's not big Ooh. enough like Sammy that he had um, that quad torn quad tendon last year injury, first game of the year, and they deployed him kind of near the line of scrimmage and he blitzed the quarterback and he got hurt. because he's not the, It's not like he's the biggest safety in the world back there either. Um, I They said he might not be ready for week one still here in Seattle. So it's the gift they keep on giving. They gave him four years. They gave him 70 million, guys. Since that moment, he's absolutely stunk. He's literally played in only 50% of the games since they traded for him. And I, look, I, just the way he left the Jets is why it's a bad taste in Jets fans' mouth. Which I don't normally, there's not really any player out there that's really ever left the Jets. Maybe like one little bit for Keyshawn for like one season I rooted against him because he had some things to say. But I don't really root against ex-Jets because that's just bad karma. Man, I did not want him to succeed at all. Jamal Adams because of how he left. Bad mouthing the team, belittling the team. He's 18 million bucks on the cap this year for Seattle. If they cut him, they'll save 10 million bucks and they're pretty close up against the cap. He's $23 million on the cap in 24 and $24 million 25. So if it's not this year, <clears throat> he's getting cut or restructured next year because they got Quadri Diggs. He's made the Pro Bowl the last two years. They brought Julian Love in. You heard Pete Carroll say, Sam, in the article that you sent me that he's going to deploy all three of them. Adams will play closer to the line of scrimmage. Worries me a little because that's how he got hurt last year. He's already lost a step. We're going into year seven of Jamal Adams' career. He's not getting better at coverage. He was bad when he got drafted at coverage. You know, so... And Keith, you know, like to your point too, right? Like we've seen a lot of, we've been blessed to watch a lot of good safety over the past couple of decades, you know, from like dudes like Troy Palomalu, Brian Dawkins, Ed Reed, like Rodney Harrison. Like we've watched some studs out there play that position and all those guys could do both of those things. Yeah. So from the I mean, those are the elite players, yeah. And they were elite, but amazing tacklers could make plays in the backfield, but could also cover, even if they weren't the best at it, they could still do it at a pretty high level. And this guy just has literally nothing to offer because he's not fast enough anymore. He can't get in the backfield well enough, and he still can't cover anybody. Yeah, that's true. That's right, man. And he's making as much money as any safety in the whole NFL right now because off of the strength of the fact that they had to do something when they traded all those picks to the Jets, put themselves in a bad spot. If they didn't sign and look like idiots. Um, but the gift that keeps on giving, Jamal Adams. So I think he was ranked... I think it was 79th or something, Sammy, and PFF in coverage a couple years ago. Don't know what it was last year. He only played the one game. Can't think he's getting better at coverage. Uh, he just seems like a complete albatross there for Seattle. Kind of get what you deserve sometimes. I think he's one of those cases, Wookie. What's your opinion here on Jamal Adams, Wookie, and the fact that Pete Carroll actually has to field questions if this dude's going to get cut or not? I, I think it's for Jet fans, it is the icing on the cake of that whole deal. As you mentioned before, you got Garrett Wilson out of it. You got AVT out of it. Um, and it's, you, you said it best, Keith. It's the, it's the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, for people around our age, if you don't know what um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation is all about, one, you need to breathe. And two, you need to check it out around this holiday season. But it's the jelly of the month club. You're expecting to get something. And all of a sudden, you get just crapped upon. And good thing that he made the decision to bounce. Uh, may have been tough for Jet fans when he did the way he did it. But, I mean, there's no denying now 
that you guys you guys ended up winning that one. Yeah, and yeah absolutely. The more and more that this comes out, I mean, Pete Carroll's fielding questions about having three safeties. This guy can't play in coverage. He he's not big enough to play. Uh, I I'm I'm sorry, I'm forgetting the guy's name that really made the safety position uh, where, where you came up to the line and Paul played. Him and then the the cat from Indianapolis as well. I can't I can't remember the the, the dude from the Colts that it kind of took over the torch from Palomalo where he, he was always in the box, almost always in the box, and he he played like another linebacker. Seems like Jamal can't be that guy. He's definitely not the guy that's going to be in coverage. Well, I'll tell you I'll tell you something else. Okay, he has four career interceptions here, Jamal Adams. Four oh career ends, right? Um, we know he has the 21 and a half career sacks, but he has zero of them in the past two seasons because he played one game last year and the year before he played 12 <laughs> games and had zero sacks. So, I mean, he's trending in a bad direction. Uh, Sammy, let's get off the negativity. Do you have any little tidbits, jet notes here before we wrap it up and get out of here for the Jet fans? I do. So, first, I think the guy Wilkie was looking for was Bob Sanders. I'm pretty sure that's the guy you were talking about. Bob Sanders. Uh, hell yeah. Throw that out there. I got you, look. Um, in Jets news, right, a couple things. So I saw some new drafts today. I was looking through it. Looks like there might be a run on offensive linemen. So mm. Antonio Harrison, they have projected falling to us. Paris Johnson will be gone. There mm. might be four, four, five, or six picks in a row of those tackle spots right in the right in the heart of where we're picking. Um, I'm seeing the Jets might even pull the trigger on Ben Jones, a little older, 36, but he would be a solid pickup veteran lineman. Um, someone who would stabilize a little bit if they don't decide to move in that direction in the draft. Okay. Um, Salah recently came out, said Zeke rumors, super exaggerated. He loves the running back room. He thinks Carter's going to have a bounce back year. Uh. So we'll, we'll see if he means what he says and he doesn't bring in a, a Hunt or an Elliott, um, especially with Brees coming off that injury. And it's looking like the Jets, after 13 years, might be featured on Hard Knocks this season. That's crazy. Yeah. That's going to be thinking about all the different storylines that could be going on at once on that show. The people yeah. they could speak to. Robert Sala obviously has a good personality, but I mean, if you have if Aaron Rodgers is up to it, and you have Rodgers to talk to, and you have Garrett Wilson just won the Rookie of the Year, you got Sauce Gardner to talk to, you got Big Q, you got Mosley, just old vet, been in the league. Been doing the work mostly. You got Odell Beckham Jr. in the building. I mean, there's a lot there, and then they'll also, <clears throat> you know, they have those stories about whatever guys they draft and stuff like that. I think, um, man, I, I don't know. I just really hope that whatever it is they do with the draft, I don't. I'm, I'm waiting to see what happens with this Rodgers trade, Sammy. I mean, I think it's going to happen sooner than later. I don't think it's going to come. I've heard rumors that they'll they they don't mind pushing it into the draft. The Packers. I don't think that's going to happen. I think both teams kind of want to get it sorted before that, just because it makes logical sense to kind of know what your picks are, to not be having to, having to wheel and deal the day of the draft, and you kind of have that all set out ahead of time. Man, whatever direction they go, 13 is a good spot to be in, because it's a spot that they. I think they have a little bit of draft pick leverage if they wanted to move up a little bit from 13. I don't think they're going to do that this year. I don't think you'll see Joe Douglas move up. I think if anything, you'll see him maybe move down a little if they do miss out on all those tackles, Sammy. He doesn't think the value's there, which he's done in the past. You've seen that from Joe Douglas. Um, you might say here, see him say, all right, maybe we move down to the 20s, get another pick in the second round, maybe get a first, get two seconds. If he does anything like he did last year, I mean, the, the draft last year was absolutely, it was absolutely stellar. Stellar! You know what I'm saying? So Joe Douglas right now is flying high with his draft prep, and I mean, definitely nailed it last year. Um, I'm excited, man, dra but hard knocks would just be, the last time we were on there, we had Rebus, we had Rex. Funny. 
Rex Ryan, tell everyone to get a snack. I mean, that was great. I don't think Salah will maybe have as many sound bites, but Sexy I think- Rexy captured the heart of all Jet fans in Hard Knocks last time. Absolutely. I mean, there's no question. Rex just captured the hearts and the minds of the New York nation. I mean, the entire nation of America, I think. And I think this time the, the storylines are kind of write themselves. There's probably even more storylines. If Rodgers is the quarterback, which we're assuming he is, guys, it's just they couldn't pick a better team. And I think Jet fans will eat it up, man. That'll be tremendous. I think if you Google Ain't Easy Being Green, guys, in any social media, Ain't Easy Being Green Facebook, Ain't Easy Being Green Twitter, we're going to be there. You know what I mean? Ain't Easy Being Green Podcast, I should say. Google that. We come up all over the place, guys. Uh, I appreciate everybody listening on iTunes, on Spotify, all of you that tune on YouTube. We appreciate that as well. On behalf of the number one high school football coach in the nation today, Sammy O'Hare, and on behalf of the number one tight end in the history of college football, the big Wookiee, Nick Kronk, my name is Keith Farrell. Get at you next week, everybody. Peace out.